Ipso podcast. We are Ipso, the independent press standards organisation, and we're the independent regulator of the majority of the UK's newspaper and magazine industry. These podcasts are for anyone who's interested in newspapers, journalism, the media, how it's regulated, and of course, Ipso's work. My name's Vicky and I'm your host, and we're talking today about a topic which we've been focusing on all year, something which is really important, and that is the responsible reporting of suicide. And I'm very lucky to be joined today, uh, first for the Ipso podcast, by some, some special guests. So we have with us today Lorna from Samaritans and Lisa from Papyrus Prevention of Young Suicide. And we're also joined as ever by our lovely head of standards, Charlotte Irwin. So welcome, everybody. Um, and Lisa, uh, tell us a little bit about Papyrus and your work and your role. Hi, my name's Lisa and I work for Papyrus Prevention of Young Suicide, who are the national charity for the prevention of young suicide. Um, we've been running for 21 years now and we're set up by a group of parents who had sadly lost a child through suicide and they didn't want anybody else to go th- through that heartbreak and that pain and so we work very closely with communities now we have our, our very own helpline helpline uk which offers advice and support for young people who are struggling with thoughts of suicide but also to concerned others who want to be able to support someone close to them who are struggling as well with thoughts of suicide so, Laura, a lot of people would have heard about Samaritans, but for those who haven't, um, explain a little bit about what they do and what your role is there. So, as, as many people will know, Samaritans is a free 24-hour helpline for anybody who is struggling to cope um, and wants to talk to somebody. So people can call us for free or they can email us or they can walk into one of our many branches and talk to somebody face-to-face. But we also do um, a lot of research work and policy work and the area of work that I look after is our media advisory service, which is a service that is there to support media in producing safe and informed coverage of suicide. And as I said in the intro, um, responsible reporting of suicide is something that Ipso has been working on uh, specifically this year. So Charlotte, why don't you tell us a little bit about this work? Because the reason that we're recording this podcast today is that we have just released some new guidelines for editors and journalists. Yep. So as you say, Vicky, in the last year, we've been hosting a series of joint blogs with the Samaritans, um, talking about the reporting of suicide, doing lots of engagement with groups and individuals interested in reporting in this area. And we've also been working on some guidance for journalists to help them to comply with our standards called the Editor's Code of Practice, all about the reporting of suicide. And as you say, I'm really pleased to say that we've launched those today. Excellent. Um, Something that I really want to talk about, and I think it is quite a challenging issue, and lots of people have different opinions on this, but why is it important that suicides are reported on in the first place? And let's ask Lisa this first. Suicide is everyone's business, and we can all help to reduce the number of young suicides in the UK. It is the main cause of death of under 35s, with um, over 1,600 people dying Uh, every year in the UK and 200 of those being school-aged children. It's vital that we talk about suicide and that journalists have a vital role to play in this. We need to talk openly as this helps suppress the stigma surrounding suicide that prevents young people from seeking help when they most need it. Um, Journalists have a responsibility and sensitive reporting is vital um, as excessive detail can lead to further deaths by suicide. 
Is that something you would agree with, Lorna, is that kind of the the need for journalists to really kind of raise awareness of this topic? Absolutely. As Lisa touched on, suicide is a major public health issue. Um, So it is very much a topic that's in the public interest. And the media has a great opportunity to raise awareness of the issues surrounding suicide. So things like the signs, although they can be subtle, the signs that may indicate a person is struggling to cope and indeed encouraging people to start a conversation if they are worried about somebody encouraging people to reach out and seek help um, and and highlighting the the kind of valuable support services that there are out there and, uh, you know, just reminding people that you can get through this and and the importance of talking if you are struggling. And, I mean, what I would say and uh, the reasons why Ipso has released this guidance is that reporting on suicide can be really challenging. There are lots of things to kind of balance and get right, aren't there, Charlotte? Absolutely. So as we've already sort of touched on a little bit, there is really strong body of evidence that shows that if you put excessive detail of the method of suicide into the public domain, vulnerable people can be influenced by that detail, which can lead to them choosing to take their own life. And there's a really significant body of evidence on this, which we've outlined in the guidance. But I think also what something I came across when I was producing the guidance, which was really interesting to me, was actually there's also a body of evidence which is starting to develop, which shows precisely the sort of coverage that Lorna was talking talking about coverage where perhaps you're talking to people who've experienced a crisis had suicidal thoughts but then perhaps not you know not acted on those come but essentially people who've come through that crisis come out the other side then being able to tell them about their own experiences and how they survived things can actually help other vulnerable people who might be thinking about suicide by saying to them oh no somebody else managed to get through what I'm experiencing I can get help I can go to the Samaritans I can go to Papyrus I can go to these places get some help and I might come out the other side too so I think there's a really difficult balance for journalists there about the reporting that they're doing but it's really really so important that we do talk about this really significant public health issue and Lorna you mentioned um, that the Samaritans have a um, a media advisory services Um, what do you think what are some of the challenges that journalists that you're working with are currently facing when they're looking at reporting on suicide I think increasingly there are challenges, pressure on journalists to report on stories, fast time, um, you know, adding to the pressure, of course, is social media, um, which can risk influencing coverage, particularly if there's lots of unhelpful information out there on social media. So, and, and... quite a different approach with covering the topic of suicide because of all the research that Charlotte mentioned means that sometimes for a journalist it's actually about thinking about what details need to be left out. So from the research we know that coverage that is sensational, um, coverage that includes details about suicide methods, as Charlotte mentioned, and also coverage that is excessive. So in the case of high-profile suicides, um, that's where there is particular risk. So that's where there's extra thought needed in in how this topic is approached. Mm. And Lisa, would you say that um, if journalists are reporting on the suicide of a young person in particular, that there, there are particular challenges there as well? I think there are, especially around young people. Journalists are trained to seek detail 
Um, and that's what their editors are looking for. So obviously, they're not trained in mental health, so we need to be able to support them to understand the implications of insensitive reporting. And particularly with young people, um, for someone who's struggling with thoughts of suicide and then they see an article in a newspaper that reports another suicide that could that could aid them to end their own life if that if that method is reported in the way that Lorna mentioned in fact journalists can give helpful information as part of their reporting give them details of helplines such as the Papyrus Hopeline UK and other organisations which can help keep them suicide safe again particularly around young people there is an issue of contagion and by reporting suicides high profile suicides and the continuing reporting of suicides in a non-sensitive way can add to the issue. I'm injured because both of you have been working in this kind of area for um, a while. Um, have you seen any changes in the way that suicide is being reported? And why do you think that is? Well, as part of our media advisory service, we actually assess media reporting of suicide on a daily basis. And so looking back at that data, we've been gathering that data since about 2010. And actually, we've seen a significant improvement in how the topic of suicide is covered in the media. I think largely that's down to the the good work of organisations like Ipso, raising awareness of the importance of covering this topic safely and where the particular risk areas are. So that, that is really encouraging. There are still some areas where we would like to see suicide reported in a way that is more responsible. So things like avoiding sensational headlines, avoiding suicide methods being included in headlines, looking at reports of young people, particularly if there is perhaps a potential cluster situation going on. So avoiding lots of photographs of beautiful young people who have already died by suicide because it's that kind of coverage that, as Lisa was mentioning, can actually influence the behaviour of other young people in a very dangerous way. And Lisa, in kind of, if you could look forward into an ideal world, what would kind of good reporting about suicide look like? I think, as Lorna said, there's been a, a definite upturn in the way that um, journalists are reporting over the past 10 years. I think what we'd like to continue to see is journalists engaging with us in the future, Um, especially those who are starting out. They're becoming more and more aware of of the sensitive language to use around suicide. And we receive more calls from journalists seeking our guidance. So we'd like to continue to see that and see some work done around the use of photographs as well. We know this can be a big issue for families. There are no rules at the moment around taking photographs from private social media sites, but we know that this can be very distressing and upsetting for families when there's potentially photos being used that they've never actually seen themselves. Mm. So there's some work that needs doing around that, which would be great to be a part of in the future. Yeah, and I think that photography is an interesting issue, isn't it, Charlotte? And it, it is something that's touched upon slightly in the guidance and that we have talked about on other podcasts here. Um, so kind of what what should journalists be thinking about when they're when we're talking about photography? I mean, I think there are there are a couple of issues to touch on here. I think when you're talking about reporting on suicide, 
a key thing to think about when you're taking photos from social media actually is, you know, what does this photo show? Is it possibly sensationalizing or mocking the person who's died? Because that could raise issues under clause four of the code around intrusion into grief or shock. More generally, I think, you know, we've been doing some work, as you've mentioned, Vicky, about social media and how journalists engage with social media more generally. We have guidance that we published on that topic about a year and a half ago and it's certainly a major a subject that comes up in the training that we deliver in newsrooms alongside in fact uh, the reporting of suicide of course I think there is a real challenge for journalists there because I think when people are putting information on social media obviously they're not really thinking about the fact that if there are no privacy settings in place anybody can see that information and then when something awful happens whether somebody's caught up in a major incident or a family member's died or they themselves have died that information is then available for journalists who want photos to, to go alongside an article because, you know, that's, it's a rather naff old saying, but there's some truth in the fact that a picture conveys a thousand words. These are very powerful images. People might identify with them, might recognize, you know, th- these are sorts of very powerful issues. So I think there are some issues for journalists there to think about in terms of what does the photo show? How have you got to it? And also, does the family themselves have a particular photo that they would rather use? So one thing I would definitely encourage journalists to think about is if they're thinking of approaching a family for comment about a piece in which somebody has died, asking the family in a respectful sensitive way as they would any other question are there any photos you particularly like us to use or indeed any photos you don't want us to use I think can be really helpful as well. That's an interesting point you raised there Charlotte about the families um, because we know that um, this can be a very complicated issue. Some families would rather not talk to the media at all but some people actually really do want to engage with the media to kind of talk about their loved ones and raise awareness. So what's your kind of experience of that, Lisa? It is impossible to imagine the grief that family and close friends go through when losing a young person to suicide. And we get lots of um, contact from uh, families who are struggling at that particular time with issues around the press. And we've heard stories of press doorstepping um, families and sending bouquets of flowers with exclusive contracts in there which is really really distressing and intrusive for the family and we also understand that those who have lost someone to suicide are more at risk themselves of dying by suicide so we have to be very very careful how the families are treated and again um, the early stages when someone has died by suicide, we have to be careful that the family have been able to discuss that with their extended family. There may be people that they haven't quite had a chance to talk to yet about how their loved one died. And therefore, seeing this in the, in the newspaper can be intrusive and um, upsetting for them as well. So we just need to support them through that. And I do think this is a very challenging issue because, of course, um, the, the fact of a death is not private information is it Charlotte and journalists are allowed to kind of be reporting on these kinds of issues absolutely I mean I think we can all recognize the extreme grief and trauma that people go through when they lose a loved one particularly in cases involving suicide um deaths affect communities as well as individuals and as you say there's a you know journalists are absolutely entitled to can report on on deaths of individuals 
is a key part of what they do. Um, and giving families the opportunity to comment if they want is really important. But having said that, it's still really important to bear in mind that the code makes clear that journalists should make such inquiries with sensitivity and sympathy and that um, journalists should not harass individuals. And again, obviously, Ipso separate to this has work that we do around individuals who are experiencing press harassment. And if anybody's concerned about that, they can always contact us 24-7 if they have concerns about excessive contacts from the press. Mm. And um, Lorna, what's your experience of kind of working with families that have been affected by suicide? Do Do you kind of see that kind of balance between some people not wanting to talk to the press and then other people wanting to talk about their loved one? Absolutely. I mean, people have a really different experience of this. Um, Crucially, as both Charlotte and Lisa have said, that it's really important to approach this sensitively. Um, But what we find is that while some families can feel quite comfortable working with the press they may feel that it's actually really important to raise awareness perhaps of the issues that were affecting their loved one and and led them down this path for other families this can just feel far too intrusive Mm. and it's not something that they want to engage with so you know really important to bear that in mind and also as Lisa said that you are dealing with people who are more vulnerable to the risk of suicide themselves having been bereaved um, we do actually p- publish some guidance for journalists on working with bereaved families in the aftermath of a suicide. And I think this is an area where it is really important to refer to guidance. Mm. And I think we are going to put that guidance on our, our website as well. We have a section for for journalists on our website where we have our own guidance and then we're going to start to put up um, external guidance as well. So we will also make that available for people in case they're interested. Um, and as we're talking about guidance, obviously, as you've said, guidance in this area is kind of really helpful and um, I guess Charlotte the point of the IPSA guidance is really to kind of support editors and journalists to kind of report on this very challenging topic responsibly. Absolutely I think I think if you go back to what the code says around sort of making sure that excessive detail of a method isn't published whilst also protecting the right to report legal proceedings there is a real challenge for editors and journalists there in deciding what exactly excessive detail looks like you know as Lisa and Lorna both talked about journalists are trained to get detail and to put detail into stories so uh, as was, was nicely put earlier sort of I think for journalists thinking about when you're writing about suicides thinking about what details you're actually going to omit is is a really really important part but exactly what excessive detail looks like is it can be quite subjective so I think for me the guidance is really important in just exploring what excessive detail means giving some examples of that giving some rulings where we've upheld that a, journal, that a newspaper published excessive detail because it published detail of the ligature that was used or in relation to detail of the amount of a substance that had been taken in relation to an overdose those sorts of issues are the sorts of issues that we can explore in more detail through guidance because it's really a forum to have those sort of more in-depth conversations as well. Mm. And Lisa Papyrus also have some guidance, don't they, for, for journalists if you, you're looking to report on suicides of young people? That's right. We've got some guidance available on the Papyrus website and we also um, did talk with journalists regularly and help them and support them when they're writing stories around suicide. Um, and we we get questions from them as well, seeking guidance, which we discuss with them over the telephone as and when necessary, and even copy check some of the some of the articles as and when asked. Mm. 
So there is kind of lots of help out there for kind of editors and journalists if you're reporting on this. Um, and also we should say, I'm sure lots of people are aware, but um, IPSA also offers a 24-hour pre-pub service as well, kind of non-binding advice on how the code might apply in various situations, including on the reporting of suicide. So that's always there for journalists and editors to take up as well. So, Lorna, in your role at Samaritans, you also do a lot of training with journalists. What sort of things are journalists kind of telling you when you do that? I think um, th- th- there's probably a couple of issues that, that fairly commonly come up here. One is the um, the particular challenges that journalists face with covering the topic of suicide, particularly if we think about young journalists attending suicide inquests, you know, hearing all of that detail about how a person died and what what led them to this this tragic end and and just how challenging that is for journalists particularly journalists where there may be a personal connection somewhere it's it's really encouraging to see so many journalists clearly committed to improving how the topic of suicide is reported Something that we see often um, through our training that we deliver to journalists is journalists walking away from those sessions, not only feeling really equipped to cover the issue of suicide, to cover things like the increased risk with men and suicide and raising awareness around this really important stuff, but also seeing journalists walk away actually feeling inspired to cover things like the hopeful stories of recovery, reminding people that you can get through these dif- this difficult time and, and really making a difference. And as, as Charlotte said earlier, that there is a body of research that actually shows that this kind of encourage this kind of reporting does help to prevent suicides. And would you say that's your experience as well, Lisa? That's right. I echo what Lorna said. And there is no doubt that sensitive reporting, especially those that um, includes contact organisations for people to seek help if they need to, this really is helping to save young lives. Say, if you'd like more information about anything that we've talked about today or you're worried about anything we've discussed, um, help and support is available. Um, Lorna, Samaritans have obviously a website and their phone number. Just remind us of that. So the number for journalists who want to get advice from us is 0208 394 or you can email media advice at samaritans.org if anybody wants to contact the helpline the number is 116123 or people can email joe that's j-o at samaritans.org or as i say anybody can call into one of our branches and, and speak to somebody face to face and the details of opening times are on our website and Lisa, uh, what about Papyrus? Let, let us have your contact details as well. So for any journalists who would like some additional support and advice around reporting on suicide, they can call our Papyrus Press Office on 0208 493 And as always, if anyone is struggling with the subject that's been discussed today and would like some support with um, thoughts of suicide, then you can call our free and confidential helpline, Hopeline UK, on 0800 068 4141. 
thank you very much, both of you, and to Charlotte for joining us today. It's really great to be able to discuss um, such an important issue. Um, we hope that you have enjoyed this podcast and found it useful. And as always, let us know what you think. We are at Ipso News on Twitter and Facebook. And I think this will probably be our last podcast of 2018. So we will see you again in 2019.